0: Wem.
1: And I'm Lewis.
0: This is the Forest School podcast. Let's go.
1: Some people I think have cool like podcasting setups, like studios and chairs and oh. stuff. <laughs> and we have blankets and
0: <laughs> blankets and sofas and lots of balancing. I'm going yeah. for. Uh,
1: you can I'll try out. that.
0: I'll try that. Okay. Let's see how that goes. Um, how are you? Anything to say to the listeners at this point, Lewis? It's this is now the slot for public information.
1: Public information
0: mm-hmm.
2: is
1: if you are not a rural person, mm-hmm. it's muck spreading time. Oh yes. So all of the roads are full of poop. Poop wagons. Poop poop. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, and all of the fields and all of the. Do you know what else it is? Um, and. I've been been trying to work out what this is going on in my own head.
0: What, Uh, muck spreading in your own head? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All the time. Every damn day. Do you know what?
1: That's what I'm going to call it now. You know that bit before you go to sleep where your brain just comes up with, like, bad ideas? Just go, I'm just doing a bit of mental muck spreading. (laughs) I'm just smearing shit over everything.
0: (laughs) You know that thing that you really enjoyed today? Actually, maybe it was really bad for you. You know that thing you said to that person that 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 you thought was really funny? Actually, it was really offensive and they've marked it forever against you.
1: I was going to say, mm-hmm. this is the time of year when if you're looking at like the outside, people have got the bug of like, right, get planting, get fixing, get doing whatever else. Um, but the foliage hasn't caught up enough to hide the piles of construction mess or like the mm. fact that the hedges have been smashed with the, what's the thing? That flail. Goes, a flail, and it all looks like it's never going to come back. It looks like the end of The Lion King when, mm. not the end of The Lion King, the bit where it's like... Where Scar's been in charge. Where Scar's been in charge, and I just have been going, why do I feel a bit mm. rubbish when I'm looking around? It's like, oh, because I have this urge to, like, build, and yes, next year, and, like, I'm, I'm an animal. I want to make my nest, and I shall improve this year. And it all looks like... Bum bum and sticks <laughs> <laughs> you know a <laughs> bum stick is not attractive
0: we found our new tagline for our business <laughs> children of the forest <laughs> bum, bum and sticks <laughs>
2: wow
0: <laughs> yeah No, I'm with you on that um, it's, it's a hard time I went to some other woods in a different place this week Because it's been half term and I went to, mm, I guess you would call it the Chilterns, I think, Buckinghamshire okay. um, And there's some like well ancient woodland there And um, went for loads of walks in lots of different bits um, mm. And it was all very lovely But yeah, bum and sticks <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> This will be beautiful at some point At the moment it's interesting But it is just bum, <laughs> bum and sticks <laughs> <laughs> um, including one woodland where some there was a plaque about like it was like Polish prisoners of war ended up oh, living in the woods with their families. So whether they were like freed from a camp in Poland, but they okay. were actually Italian, and then they were allowed to live like in this woodland. It's really back, sure. yeah, okay. really, really interesting. It's like you know, mm-hmm. and here's forest school. <laughs> In a different way. These people just lived it with nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Um, I suppose you better talk about something.
1: Yeah. So, that's a thing. We've had salty snacks and sugary Mm -hmm. snacks Mm. from our pitcher. Yeah. Thank you. That's what we we took some of the money and bought some snacks of more rocky roads. And now, what are they called? They're called like salt. Habanas
0: fritas, I think they're called. Well,
1: say it again without me talking over you.
0: Habanas fritas. Okay. Deep-fried broad beans. Mm. Delicious. Um, I mean, that is instead of lunch, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Just in case anyone's going, well, you know, what am what am I paying for? Salty snacks and heart disease. Like, and, you know, Look, eat some healthy food. You're two minutes like... in
1: and you've already had bum and sticks. Well, what do you want? <laughs>
0: this is what you...
1: <laughs> you don't want to support more bum and sticks chat. I don't know why you're here.
0: <laughs> um, yeah, I mean... Thanks for bringing those snacks, because yeah. it's good.
1: Thank you, Patreon people. Mm. Uh, I bought a puppet this morning.
0: Tell me about the puppet. Uh,
1: it is 70 centimetres. It was almost as tall as my daughter. Mm-hmm. She carried it home. Um, it's a fairy. It's by... It's one of the... I don't want to say it's a good one. It's, it's the Puppet Company one.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, uh yeah, it's a fairy wing thing. It's got curly yellow hair. Mm-hmm. Um because I was listening to the book that we're gonna talk well, we're gonna talk about different books.
0: Same author. Same author. Fifteen minute parenting. What age group is your year? Mine's
1: naught to seven.
0: And mine's eight to twelve.
1: Um have you got the author- you've got the book in front By of Joanna Fortune. Yes. So I looked it up and she used to do a podcast. Oh wow. Um which was which was were all about fifteen minutes long, cool. but stopped a couple of years ago. Uh huh. Um, so, yeah, interesting. Um, but yeah, it, there was puppets mentioned in that book, um, and I just kind of remembered, and it was talking. A little, it was a bit talking about social play, mm-hmm. and I think that if you're somebody who's got like a hyper focus or you want to like write a book, I genuinely think there is a book to be written called like. Parenting post pandemic
2: mm. and
1: like really looking at gap filling and what can we be doing and like I was talking to some parents the other day and just going like it it, it does take some effort because your monkey brain wants to be like bad time is done mm. bad time is done now. oh
0: fine now no I'm
1: now fine not mm. fine because the rest of the UK is crumbling mm-hmm. but um you know now now mm. fine not pandemic time now um but to keep going like right. There will be gaps mm. that need filling, or well, there will that's a, that's very, like a deficit model. I don't know, like that. There will be opportunities, opportunities. that have been missed yeah. that we can support, that we can look back through. And um, puppets jumped out as me the socializing, the talking through of stuff, mm. the um, theory of mind mm-hmm. you know, that being able to take on different roles and talk to them. What does the you know, um, is it the Sally Ann test? Do you know this thing? It's yes. like they tell yes. you the story of like one kid goes out of the room and the other one hides it behind a chair. When the first kid comes back in, where will they look? And the theory of mind test is if, if a child answers like they'll look behind the chair, hmm. then you've shown that you don't understand and that person doesn't know where it is. All those things. um,
0: That's a bit like controversial now Because they used it it. Yeah because it's often used In talking about autism tests And it's often used as The evidence that autistic people Lack empathy which is clearly bullshit Oh is it? Yeah So, and there is a kind of model of like, well, your kid's autistic, so we're going to give them social skills lessons based on this theory of mind, because all autistic people just have no theory of mind and they cannot possibly imagine what anyone else is feeling. And that's what their problem is, which is just proven to be absolute rubbish. So, yeah, I know about controversy around around Uh, that. But anyway, yeah, but you're not talking about it from that point of view. Is is it mentioned in the book or is it? No, no, No. that wasn't
1: mentioned in the book. That was me. Pulling a thing Talking about
0: what theory of mind is, yeah, yeah,
1: theory of mind. Um, I would say I really enjoyed my book. I got a bit stuck in a few places, and I had to come and talk to you and go, "Are you enjoying your book?" Because mm-hmm. I'm <laughs> struggling with mine, or mm-hmm. this has touched a nerve. Um, Mine's quite interesting because it's naught to seven, so i went on a bit of a journey with this. So it's naught to seven, but it is there's a lot of attachment theory in mine. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of it explained to, not fully in depth, right? This isn't like deep, deep child development, but mm. enough that a parent reading a two to 300 page book is going to go, oh, I've learned about attachment theory. Yeah. Um, which is good. There's definitely a place for that. Mm. Right? Um, uh, I would. I was thinking like, oh, this is quite interesting because it's very heavily weighted to, I would say, naught to three. Mm-hmm. You know, like all that early year stuff talking Mm -hmm. about like you know uh the different attachment phases and working up to what your 18 month old should be able to do and all this and then actually I reflected back on it and I was going well there was a few mentions of you know your 18 month old should be able to be okay with you not being in the room all the time or something Mm -hmm. like that but for the most part there isn't ages referenced Mm -hmm. and I was like oh that's I've made the mistake here in thinking in terms of atta- oh this is talking about attachment this is talking about social stuff and I've gone this is for under threes mm. but actually a bit like the old early years curriculum used to be in this country where there were mm. these big wide ba- oh, I a lamp. Um, these big wide bands of life they do this any time before their yeah. family it's fine um, this book is a bit like that mm. like naught to seven. Is a big developmental phase.
0: Yeah, like, I'm actually surprised it's that wider book. Like, well, I've maybe I mean, it I'm needed surprised. to be like a 0 to 3 and then a 4 to 7. Yeah, interesting.
1: But, but then I was reflecting on, like, so um, I was reflecting on how I was looking at it, and I also looked up a lot of reviews about this book, like, what mm-hmm. were other people saying about it? And um, lots of them were saying about how non judgmental was mentioned a lot, mm-hmm. which I definitely get. This is a non judgmental book. There's mm-hmm. lots of, like, this is what you maybe want to aim for, but it's okay if you just need to get them out of the shop yeah, sometimes. Yeah. So it's okay yeah. if you have run out of steam or you mm-hmm. just chalk this one up as, you know, it's very yeah. non-judgmental, realistic was another word I kept seeing. Um, you know, this isn't a high-minded... Yeah. um you know, hypothetical spherical cows in a vacuum type thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is like
0: real. This is real. Yeah, and you get and mine is was the same. And you really got the sense that she did work with families, and you know, mm. as she's writing this book, she's so she's like a a clinical psychotherapist and attachment specialist, and has a parent child relationship clinic in Dublin. So I don't know if yours was the same, but mine was sort of interspersed with little real life stories about yep. families that she's worked with and issues that they faced and things like that. Um, so I would agree that she's got a very down to earth kind of tone and very um, personable nature. And um, I listened to mine on Audible as well as, and then I bought the book as well, because I thought actually there's some little kind of actionable ideas in there that I would mm-hmm. like to just be able to go back to and find in the book. Um But I was also reading it thinking, is this helpful even for somebody who either doesn't have children or is thinking about working with children of this age Mm -hmm. in a professional capacity? And I don't know about you, but I think it was really useful there were there were sections which were very much about parenting and your relationship with your child mm. and then there were other bits which were about kind of child development and important issues for children of a, at this age um which i thought were really relevant to anyone working with children of um between 8 and 12 and as somebody who does work with kids i think there is so much literature about the early Stages of child yeah. development. You're, you're, you know, you're reading about babies. If you're working with that younger age group, like you, you need to be really hot on child development, and you need to know. And you, as you say, you know, you've got that curriculum that's got those bands. Whereas, working with older children, if you're teaching or whatever you will be thinking a lot about like their academic potential and output mm-hmm. at that age, but you won't necessarily be thinking in depth about, well, actually what is happening to their brain at this time and yeah. um, what's happened to their relationships. And there is a third
1: one. Yes. There's a third book. This is the teenage years, yeah. which I'd be interested to see.
0: Definitely. Um, so I really, really enjoyed all that stuff about like what is happening in their brain at this time. So she talks, for example, about synaptic pruning, which I knew about, but thought that, that happened much later. I didn't realise it started so young. So that's the idea mm-hmm. that your brain obviously has all these like neural pathways and all the stuff that it's learned up until that point, And it's just like exponentially growing and all the neural pathways increasing. And then um, I thought in the teenage years, but she's saying at an earlier age, um that it starts actually cutting back a lot of those connections and those things to um, kind of make space for new stuff I'll try and find where she actually introduces it Um, but yeah like yeah uh, the middle ch- childhood years are a time for significant growth and development across cognitive, social, emotional and especially physical faculties. So I guess in the teenage years, maybe that's slightly different and slightly less mm. focused on physical. I don't know. Your child's brain is evolving and becoming more refined. It does this through a process called synaptic pruning, which simply put means your child's brain's cutting back on extra synapses to ensure more, f- more efficient brain functioning. This allows more complex information to be taken in and processed as our brains continue to mature into adulthood. Um, And so she talks about that being really important, but a really sensitive stage. So you've got like all of the environmental issues going on that's going to affect a child's brain, Mm -hmm. as well as um, the kind of um, other stuff that's going on. And their brain being a constant state of flux she's talking about. So I guess that's the case for all throughout childhood, isn't it? The brain is always changing but she's talking about specifically the things that are happening in this age group and what challenges that might bring for not just parenting but I think yeah just being with children of that age and helping them to grow so I would definitely recommend it to anyone who's working with this age group.
1: Eight to twelve is an interesting age group isn't it because I think there's obviously a lot of stuff like you say a lot of stuff written about early years and like primary and there's a lot of stuff written about how to build relationship with your teenager, yep. or your te- you know, young adult, all this stuff. But, like, 8 to 12 is a really interesting and, I would say, relatively unexplored 8, from my yeah. experience, at least. <clears throat> um, it's like, primary is getting them through here and then yeah. coast for a bit and mm. then there'll be teenagers. But this and is- that's
0: the tricky bit, the, you know, yeah. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Once
0: yeah. this kicks in. Yeah, absolutely. And um, so her sort of model in this book anyway is talking a lot about therapeutic parenting and um, connecting through play so throughout the book there's lots and lots of little examples of things you can play um, and why Mm -hmm. and why that type of play is important and obviously from 8 to 12 this is a time where They're going to slightly be moving away from imaginative play in some cases, especially with you. So they might be off with their friends doing that. But in terms of being at home where you might have been with your younger child playing with like small world stuff together or doing role play together or in the shop or whatever, the imaginary shop, um, that they might begin to think that's kind of babyish and not want to do that with you. Um, So there's a risk then that we as adults stop kind of playing with them and go, okay, cool. You're sort of happy doing that thing independently now, but she's sort of sprinkling in little ideas that you wouldn't maybe necessarily think of as play. So for an example, um, she talks about nurture play and gives an example of um, doing like manicures and pedicures for each other or like foot massages and things like that. And that being a type of nurture play, um, And it's like, actually, that is really, really nice. And I read that and then tried it out with my son. And it was lovely. Like, and, you know, and she says they might go like, this is weird. And obviously you don't pressure them into doing it if they don't want to do it. But you just go, oh, I'll just like rub your feet if you want. And it's just that moment of like, yeah, proprioceptive input, nurturing and all the layers that are kind of giving them the message that, you know, you deserve to be treated nicely and looked after Mm -hmm. and. And I'm still here for, to do that for you, and you deserve that in your life beyond your time with me and all those kind of messages that you're giving with them that says i'm gonna I can choose to spend my time how I want, so can you mm-hmm. we're kind of more independent from each other than we used to be. It's not like you have to have a bath now, and I'm going to help you have a bath, which you might do with a little child, mm-hmm. and they might be getting that input from you helping to wash their hair in the way that they prefer all those kind of things yeah. um sort of just reminding you to keep those avenues open. I thought mm-hmm. that was really nice, and it has made me um, think of stuff like that work wise as well okay. and going you know in the same way we might not be thinking about so much sensory play for example with kids of this age but mm-hmm. i think well they know how to access that you know we've given them those opportunities yeah. when they're younger and the opportunities are still there and they'll do it if they want which is true but also we can like for example in our opening circle or a game that we play all together begin to throw in some games that are more sensory based mm. and so we did that thing with um, standing in a circle and facing the person in front of you, f- facing their back and then drawing a message with your finger oh, yeah. or a shape and things like that so it's like a challenge you know, what is the shape? Get it, yeah, but it's yeah. also a sensory thing and it's connecting and it is nurturing and mm. you're giving someone a nice tactile feeling if they like that kind of thing yes. obviously. Um, so it's prompted lots of little thoughts of going I can be offering these other opportunities in work and at home. Um, Yeah. Did yours have, apart from you, you bought this puppet, has yours had any effect on Um, sort of provision that you're making or?
1: Thanks to everybody that's rating and reviewing the podcast on Spotify and on iTunes. It really helps to get the podcast in front of more people and helps us spread the word about the amazing thing that is Forest School. Uh, I would say no, not significantly, but that is because my own children are in this age group Mm -hmm. and this is the age group that I trained in and this is the age group that we predominantly work in. I don't feel like I, I didn't take away any huge, like, oh my God, this is amazing. This has changed my view of this or this has changed my view of this. It was a lot more of like, this is a very digestible way to um, talk about, you know, like there was a bit in mine that was like um, a, a chapter or so that was like, what if you don't like playing? What if you? What if you just don't like? Playing?
0: Oh, right, well, as an adult, as an yeah, adult, yeah, yeah. That's, talk, that's good know, that you acknowledge
1: that. Again, yeah, acknowledging it. That's okay. That's absolutely mm. fine. And again, this person, um, you know, they're talking about this work that they do with families and saying that that is sometimes the work that needs to be done and going, you just might not like feeling like this, mm. you, might, you know, the sensory thing, so get a, a washing up bucket and do it in there or mm. you might feel like you can't do that in your house, so go find a community space where you can do that thing mm.
2: or,
1: what it, you know, or um, one bit that I thought was really interesting was like try and unpick what it is about fantasy role playing that you don't like, mm. if that isn't what you like is it that you feel silly? Mm-hmm. Is it that you don't like being in a space where um, anything is possible? Because actually that's when anything is possible, you don't know. And then, uh, you know, you don't know where to go in that like low arousal mm-hmm. kind of way. Um, so it was an interesting thing to have that acknowledged in the same way that we would talk about it as like our role as play workers or our role as forest school leaders and go... That's okay to acknowledge that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's part of our level three. We do bits of that and talk mm. about it with people like, "Hey, what kind of play do you like, or don't you like?" And yeah, what, you know, why is that? Um,
0: we actually uh, had a parent I remember who um joined Forest School with her toddler and said that that's why she joined Forest School because she knew that her child really mm-hmm. enjoyed like messy, dirty play. But she p- couldn't do it Because she couldn't facilitate that herself um, At home yeah. So it's like that's why I'm doing forest school Not because I really actually want to be here It's that mm. I know my child needs that And I need some assistance to facilitate that And a location where that's okay Because I'm yeah. not bringing messy stuff into my house I just can't bear it Which is completely fair enough And how like brave of that parent to mm. acknowledge that And say that to us rather yeah. than Yeah I'm just this is all great isn't I'm it okay with everything <clears throat> I <didn't clears
1: throat> mind I'm fine Yeah Um so yeah, I think I would recommend this book as a like introduction to this kind of way of gentle parenting, attachment parenting, all those things. Um, there were some interesting bits about um uh, there were some bits that I found a bit icky, so one of them was using puppets to reenact, and and the way she described it as reenact like explicitly. Difficult scenarios that are happening or have happened. Yeah. And I just can't sit with that. Like Mm -hmm. that doesn't chime with me to be like, hey, you're having problems sharing with your brother all the time. Um let's sit down and do puppets and the puppets go, hey, I want the toy. Hey, Mm -hmm. I want the toy. What do you think the puppets should do? Like Mm. it's twee and i hate it
0: yes and i know what you mean and I there's the, a, i, I yeah. see
1: that just to defend myself i see the value in it and i, I was understand. just going to
0: interrupt that to say that you had that we have done it together oh shit yeah <laughs> but we did it in a way in a way that um obviously we didn't hate otherwise we wouldn't have done it but it was when we ran the kindergarten and we had do you remember we used to use like puppets just made out of blocks of wood
1: oh yeah
0: and we did a puppet show And we Mm -hmm. did, because there was like an issue coming up. I don't think it was sharing. It was like a social story that we acted out. And then we were like, if they don't pick up on this, that's completely fine. And really, this might be a springboard that leads them to make puppets. Or it might be nothing. It might just be that they listen to the story and then they go off and do something else. But I do remember that we we decided, like, rather than, hey, guys, we've noticed that uh,
1: there's this issue going on, you know. That's what I mean. I see yeah. the value in it. I think yeah. it was, and the, and creditors' book, it was like, just let them finish the story. Mm-hmm. And if they finish it in the same way that they finish it, when mm. they when they are in that scenario, mm. don't acknowledge it. Don't say anything else. You just go, this is fine. This right. is, you know. Okay. Is that the end of the story? Mm-hmm. And let and let that be the end.
0: Don't of the get story. it preachy, kind don't of get a
1: preachy. Don't get it preachy. Don't get it, you know, whatever else. Um, one thing I did find interesting in mine was they were talking about children three to five being in the developmental world of magic, mm. which I found really interesting. Um, this was very brief, but they were talking about how um, at that developmental stage, they genuinely believe if they wish for things, they will come true positively and negatively so this was the thing for me. I understand and I have seen this thing of, like, I really wish I can get a bike for my birthday. I'm still
0: in that phase now. Okay,
1: great. Um, <laughs> okay, but I don't think you're in the other one, which is so sort of, kind of like, and then you go, what, oh, what do you think you might get for your birthday? I'm getting a bike for my birthday because I've wished for it. Yeah. Right, that level. They were saying, also children genuinely believe that they can cause harm to mm-hmm. others if mm-hmm. they go, I wish my sister had never been born. Mm. I wish my parents would would not exist. Like, mm-hmm. they believe that they can have yeah. that effect on the world through wishful thinking. Wow. But that, that then that can spiral mm-hmm. in a self-worth. Oh, my God, I'm the reason that the baby got hurt.
0: Yeah. I'm oh, the th- I yeah. wished
1: it. And so that, yeah. so it was like a kind of acknowledgement of, like... that can can be going on for some people. That's
0: so interesting, isn't it? That egocentrism of like a child, which is a thing throughout childhood, but that, I guess it maybe has like peaks and troughs of how important it is in brain development. But the fact that, you know, you are the centre of the universe and you are so powerful and everything revolves around you and that's how you grow up. That's so interesting. And that is definitely something to be aware of if you're working with children, isn't it? In terms of... Yeah, cutting them some slack in terms of what your expectations of them are because mm-hmm. you just have to remember the world revolves around them. Like that is just normal. Mm-hmm. They are not being selfish, pig-headed, a bit thick right now with understanding yeah, those. Uh, you know, they there's a reason for it, but also potentially watching for that. If it's, you know, if you see someone that seems to be in a bit of a negative spiral, having the awareness that actually... That's because of how their brain works right now really believes beyond the real
1: yeah.
0: that they, are, they can be responsible for things.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm. It was interesting. Yeah. That little nugget dropped. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there was also a bit where they were talking about, so this person runs sessions and they were talking about um, with families. And they were talking about all these little signals that we give that we are signaling to the children mm-hmm. that we are here to play that this is the you know so the whole premise of this book is like if you can only do 15 minutes a day do 15 minutes a day if you can only do it 15 minutes a week and this was quite interesting they were saying do 15 minutes a week don't do half an hour every day for four days then knock it on the head and don't do it for three months then you know Mm. set a realistic time and stick Mm -hmm. to it and be agree and and they were talking about um a dad that was coming to these group, this these sessions, and they were doing some messy play, and he was coming straight from work, and he was it. She said, "You would not believe how this suit looked hmm. in the after. You know, after we've done this sensory hmm. goo, slime, whatever it was." But she said the following week he arrived with a bag with a tracksuit in it, mm-hmm. and then the kids started to call it his play clothes, Aww. and then he knew that dad was putting on his That's play so clothes, cute. Um, which is great in terms of just a like. You and know, I had little things like that, like story hats, yeah. or like I'm, you know, I'm wearing my. I sometimes we've got um, big dressing up box in the woods, and I will sometimes put on a high vis jacket and a builder's mm. helmet that it sits on the top of my head because it's <laughs> so small. Um, if we're like den building or if yeah. we're doing just signalling, like I'm a den builder right yeah. now. I'm doing this thing. Everybody, watch out, site manager, yeah. all this thing. Um, those little signals. That's that
0: so can, interesting. That can be like. Yeah. Hey, I'm
1: playing and I'm here to play.
0: Yeah. Um, I did the same. I dressed up as uh, one of the... Um,
1: you dress up all the time. The,
0: yes. Do I? Yeah, well, the, constantly. Oh, that Pokemon battle. We had a Pokemon battle. I was Team what Rocket. Did we didn't. We, kids. Oh, you we know, the kids did. Um, yeah, Team Rocket. Um, but you've made me think about the story hat now because... I brought out my story hat for the first time in ages mm. the other day and one kid hadn't seen it and then another. other, the other know what's that? And the other one, oh, she wears it when she tells a story. And I've always thought of and then someone and then the other child said, Why? And I didn't really have an answer right then because I'd always sort of thought of it as like, it helps me.
1: It's a social crutch for me.
0: Yeah, I've always thought of it as helping me in terms of like, This is what I'm doing now. I'm I am focusing on this and that's what I'm doing. But actually, in terms of it being a signal to the children that I'm probably going to behave differently now and I might not respond to you in the same way as I might yeah. if I wasn't telling a story right now or maybe you're not listening to the story you're playing over there and you need some scissors but you can see from a distance that I've got my story hat on so you may have to wait longer for the scissors do you know what I mean? It being useful as well in that regard obviously which isn't the same as a play cue but
1: um yeah I think there's yeah. two sides to this coin and I think you've just really highlighted for me um so I was taught that in the classroom, you can sometimes have a hat or a lanyard or a thing. I have seen teachers... I don't like this. I have seen teachers that have a lanyard with a laminated stop sign on it.
2: Hmm. And if
1: they're like doing guided reading mm-hmm. with a group and you have another child come up to you, that they don't break sentence. They hmm. just, mind me up, hmm. hold up the lanyard to the person that's come to ask them something with a stop sign or it Mm. says you know like I am doing guided reading right now and holding it up as a like if I was being really negative as a shutdown Mm. as a like and and that's similar to what you're describing there Mm. not in a you're not saying it in the same tone but the side of that coin that is like I'm not available Mm -hmm. but actually what I think this is is looking at it from the other perspective and going I am super available Yeah, yeah. so like it, it and it may well be the same thing that if I'm mm. dressed up as a builder and somebody wants a pair of scissors, they're going mm. where well, he's not available. Mm. But actually, what I'm my motivation there is to go. People who are den building, yeah, just with you, and I'm not leaving mm. for a minute. Yeah, I'm doing this stuff. Whereas, like sometimes we have days like this, and they're not they're not very fulfilling. Where you flip from thing to thing to thing to thing. As a leader, mm-hmm. you never really get to get deep in anything Mm -hmm. because you're going I just need to go check on there you just helicopter for an hour or two you're just going like yeah they're alright okay I'll go see them oh yeah I will I will be a chaser just give me two minutes because I'm I'm Mm. half watching these guys as well. oh I'm just doing like and it kind of refreshed that thing for me of like should be modelling and pole bridging a bit of like I'm actually dedicated to this play right Mm. now in a positive way
0: but sometimes they genuinely don't want you to, so that is your role. What do you mean? The kids. Oh yeah, but do you that's know what I mean? mean?
1: If if the time is right, and if you if you are, because sometimes and we've had this where someone's like, I need someone to stay here and build dens with me, mm-hmm. or I need to, and the rest of the group oh, can't fulfill that play need for mm. me right now, and so um it's just like an extra layer of like, you're committing to that. Mm. You're committing to play. How do you yeah. show the kids that you're committing? To play In this moment. Yeah. Um, And that's, I think that's interesting. Something I want to reflect on a bit more as we go on. Like, Mm. okay, what other little cues are we sending? How is this play space set up to, you know, facilitate that? And how do we, if we've got family groups or parent-toddler groups or groups where it's not just us as the adults, how do we... you know how do we model that for other adults to go Mm. hey I'm going to put this on so everyone you know yeah I find that interesting Um.
2: yeah
1: never go back to mundane marshmallows ever again Forest School Cooking the cookbook covers everything from how to build and use different types of outdoor ovens stoves and equipment right through to a range of different meals to keep anyone full and ready for the next adventure get your copy today on Amazon yeah
0: um you know, I said this book is kind of sprinkled through with like little, like, brain sparks of mm-hmm. oh, we could do this type of play. Another thing that's um, just leaping up to me now is about activities that embody rhythm and synchrony, mm-hmm. um, and about and so she's saying, the author's saying that these kind of games and activities activate those subsystems of the developing brain associated with emotional regulation. Did you know that? So rhythm okay. and synchrony and doing a lot of that help with emotional regulation she's saying and yeah, that I they're that. very effective
1: all the time when i'm out of <laughs> that sort.
0: um and so she's saying that they're really effective at repairing a ruptured connection in a relationship mm-hmm. um and she keeps on saying that between eight and. Sorry, what?
1: because you've described a ruptured relationship, I'm imagining having a falling out with someone and then going on to them going, What's your fucking problem? <laughs> Why? In <laughs> the fucking mood. What's your fucking problem?
0: <laughs> exactly. Or just getting some drumsticks and just beating beating them on the back with the drumsticks. This is <laughs> making you feel better. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so she's talking a lot about mood swings in the eight to 12 year old group and just being ready for that and just like strapping because there's going to be some extreme stuff going down, Mm -hmm. uh, which as a parent of two children in this age group, I can attest to. Um, um, What does she she give some examples of games? Like, again, saying things like your kid might think this is babyish. So if they do, like, don't worry. But, you know, you can kind of try it. So like clapping games and um, again, lots of like... (laughs) Touching each other sounds dodgy, but you know what I mean. Um, yeah.
1: Positive physical contact.
0: Positive physical contact. And she's got a YouTube channel as well, where if you, she kind of mentions games that you might have played as a kid, but mm-hmm. if you've forgotten, you can go on her YouTube channel and look it up and she'll oh, cool. remind you of the words of the particular clapping game and things like that. Um, um, yeah. So that made me think of things that we can do in the woods that are rhythmical games
2: hmm.
0: so one still of, really physical but not necessarily like big physical but small physical yeah
1: one of the things that was in my book there's, there's a lot of stuff in mine if, i guess because mine's earlier um they make a really interesting uh comparison or oh, not comparison what's the opposite um like differentiation between child led play and adult led play Mm -hmm. and there being a space for both and um there's a lot of talk about sand timers in here which i don't like
0: oh really Um, oh no
1: not in a it's not in a horrible way it's in a like hey i'm going to turn the sand timer i am playing with you for 15 minutes Mm -hmm. when this runs out Mm -hmm. or they say doing it so that you go we've got a five minute one we're going to do it three times, or we're going to do Mm -hmm. it... For me, Mm. I've worked with more people I know that would find that anxiety-inducing than I think would find it comfortable. That's Mm. just my experience, you know. Yeah. Or, yeah, anyway. Um, uh, But they talk about uh, your 15 minutes of playtime with your kid not being a time to discuss their behaviour at other times of the day, Mm -hmm. not being a time to... Unpick big social things mm. uh, which I think is quite interesting because I feel like sometimes you be, once this was going as a routine
2: mm-hmm.
1: I think it would be so easy mm. to fall into like oh once I'm playing Lego oh let's while they're playing Lego and we're doing stuff with our you know in that positive way yeah we're yeah. we doing stuff with our hands why don't we talk about um you know what's going on at school why don't we talk about yeah, yeah, how yeah. they're doing with their thing and then not, this person kind of points out that like then the association becomes hey it's our 15 minutes of mm. like therapy mm. um which is obviously very different and mm. not the same as i'm here to facilitate your play or i am here to yeah. suggest these things mm. um so it's like again that thing of what we do in our longer sessions and again i think this is why it is a good thing that forest school has this kind of like longer sessions right that, that why you know why can't you do 20 minute forest school sessions mm. because that forces you to overlap things mm. whereas having a longer forest school session is one of the main reasons that we can go there's some play here there's some chatting about social emotional stuff here there's some this stuff here but we're not Like children's, in quotes, playtime is already being hammered from
2: 8,000
1: directions. And if you then go, oh, this is your playtime, but actually I'm going to dictate the conversation and make it about this thing. One of the things I really like about Forest School is that long stretch and, you know, long stretches with, I don't want to say very little planned, but very like well paced I'm going to say well paced mm-hmm. planning means that you can do things discreetly and go this is completely free play yeah this is com- this is where well, we're going to have that chat but this is
0: yeah and it's much more honest and open isn't it it's like that whole thing of I'm going to play this game with you because we will connect and it'll make you relax and so then I can use that time gotcha. to yeah <laughs> it's kind of that sort of like obviously there's people whose job it is like you know this author talks about sessions that she has one-to-one with children where she, like, builds a relationship through play and then she gets to the point where they're able to talk about the reason that the child is with her in the first place. Um,
1: but that's those sessions. This that's is those school, sessions, think,
0: exactly. Yeah. And to... Yeah, it's quite manipulative, isn't it, to get somebody into that state of almost, like, vulnerability because they're very connected to you because they're playing with you and then go, well, we're here. Yeah. Can you stop chucking stuff at people? Or <laughs> 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 whatever. Um yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. I just
1: found that as a really interesting, like, because I was trying to think about could you literally map this onto Forest School 15 minutes with, like, each person? Mm. And I don't think you could, mm. right? Because I don't think it would, it would become very formulaic. It would mm. become very, like, oh, I, I can play whatever I want, but then at two, I've got to go and do 15 minutes with Lewis. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, oh, I've got an appointment to play with, whereas, yeah. free flowing it. But, That's us. Mm. That's why I don't think you could map it on. But I Mm. think if you had this stuff, um, some of this in my book, they talk about having like a car pack of stuff, like finger puppets and some, um, a tiny bit of like hand lotion for sensory games Mm -hmm. and a balloon and something else, and and going, that all fits inside a Ziploc bag Mm -hmm. that is A4 size and you can keep it, Mm -hmm. you know, infinite and positive and. They're a bit anti-screen time, which I get, mm-hmm. right, I get. It. But um, having those up your sleeves to then weave into a free flow forest school session yeah. would then be useful to mm. go, hey, I'm picking you up here with yeah. some...
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. Just, in, yeah, I think that thing of increasing your offer of back pocket yeah. things, whether that be games, activities, or ways of framing things is really useful. Yeah. Um, there's bits, is there I don't know if there's much in your book about like friendships and relationships? Not so much, no.
1: because it's younger. Younger,
0: yeah. Um so the the approach that she's sort of advocating does tie in, I think, quite well with Forest School in terms of so she talks about risk a lot, okay. which you'll come back to. Um, talks about watching children forming relationships and friendships with people, and about your approach to that and your response to that. So she really strongly says. Do not get involved. Like you have to just watch your kids make their own friendships and deal with their own friendships. And you only help them either when they ask you explicitly to mm-hmm. or you see that actually this is a friendship that is really becoming quite toxic on one side or the other, that Mm -hmm. then you can... And even then, the way that you step in is in a way that is kind of asking questions and helping your child to reflect on it themselves rather than stepping in and going, I forbid you to do this, or you must not say that. never see that boy again. Exactly. Um, So she's saying that they are able to kind of formulate more complex thoughts and they're able to um, understand other people's feelings um, in a more advanced way than they were when they were younger, but they also can't necessarily... Uh, put two sides of the same story together. So they're still quite egocentric and they've got this like, oh, well, okay. I did this great thing for this person, therefore they should feel blah or therefore they should give me the same thing. Um, and okay. that Some children might still be in that place where actually they don't necessarily have a complex understanding of p- other people's possible responses to their actions. Um, mm. And that, that is often a, a source of confusion. And you can sometimes see that play out i think when children are playing that you know that sense of justice that sense of like but you know i didn't steal the things from the den when i was near there but then they did it to me or like those kind of do you know what i mean those kind of like i was expect i had an expectation that their behavior would be the same as mine because i made that choice or i had an expectation that their response to my behavior would be gratitude or you know um, yeah, do
1: you think that is, or does does your book talk about whether that is innate or learned? Because, uh, let me t- I'll elaborate, because I, as you were describing that,
2: mm-hmm.
1: I think I have heard that taught. I think I have heard that taught in terms of, I've heard a lot of adults. Mm. And maybe this is why I've like, had an, you know, we talk a lot about like developing... Intrinsic motivation, you know, like sharing something because you see that it makes someone else happy or, um, you know, things like that where you're like, you don't focus on what you're going to get back. Either from an external thing, like an adult will give me a sticker if I share or an adult will give me a a sticker if I, in air quotes, play nice. Mm. Um, But I have heard a lot of adults say... um, Yeah, that thing of, like, you need to share with them because they gave you their... They've shared their crisps, so now you need to share your thing. Or they waited while you did the thing, so now you need to wait. Do you know what I mean? That, like, golden rule of, like, treat us as as you would like to be treated, but it's not quite... That's the the rule as said, but then what's actually inferred or taught is, like... um, treat others so they will treat you like you want to be treated.
0: It's interesting that isn't it I don't know no I'm just looking at the bit where she's talking about this Um,
1: I've waffled but do you kind of... I do
0: know what you mean and I kind of, I was talking to someone the other day about this, about how we don't lead like that Mm. ever, (laughs) I don't anyway in terms of You know that, treat other people the the way you'd like to be treated. I can't, I just, I may have said that before, like, you know, when my my first kid was very young, but before I did forest school, but I definitely haven't said or thought along that way. And I think it comes from working with kids in a different situation and reading a lot and having that underlying understanding that kids will do well when they can. Yeah. They just do like you don't need to teach them that I believe that all humans are born with that potential um, kind of almost flame of goodness inside them and Mm -hmm. that we are driven by, you know, so to be pro social, I guess is what we're talking about, pro social behavior and whether you can. Well, we've had a whole podcast about this, haven't we? Can you teach pro social behavior? We've talked about, you know, socialized versus so you know yeah. all of that shimizzle but what i guess i'm trying to say is that when we lead we will make observations to help children to reflect like um we, we don't go give the give the scissors to so and so because you finish with them now and it's their turn or do that because it will make them feel happy uh, we do go i noticed you gave the thing i noticed that someone looked really happy when you did that or do you know what I mean? We'll make, we might make observations and reflections, but we won't give instructions about how to behave pro-socially. And I think what we're doing is promoting children's awareness of needs of others compared to their own needs. I think that's what we're doing. I think that's our aim. I feel like it is anyway. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Is I that do, yeah. is to try to explain to children and get them to be aware that, Everyone does well when they can, and then if somebody isn't behaving pro socially or in a way that they expect right now, it's because we definitely have conversations of, of children being like, The expectation that I had is different yeah, reality. to reality. Yeah, exactly. I give but it back. W- yeah, I said sorry. Why are they? St-? That wasn't upsetting. Why are they upset? Yeah. It wasn't even scary. I wouldn't care. Yeah. I wouldn't care yeah. if you
1: took my things.
0: Which is would- what this author is talking about right now. It's yeah. like that, and that we are creating an environment where we are helping children supporting children to recognize that other people's needs are different from their own in different at different times yeah um and that's not to dismiss their own needs not to go well you know i know that you actually really need a calm environment right now but that child needs to kick off so deal with it do you know what i mean i'm not saying that i'm saying uh, having an awareness of both simultaneously so that they can hold both those things with care but um
1: that's complex yeah it's really complex You know
0: But I think I was talking to someone about Education and Raising children Who was not a teacher Or a forest leader or anything And I think we were talking about Like competitive stuff And gamification of education Okay And how everything From day one is like How many dojo points do you have And where is your name on the chart And all that kind of Absolute bollocks Or how you teach times tables Is to use an app That compares children With each other And you can see how many points You have Yeah um, And I was saying that I think the point of looking after children is the thing that I've just described, which is like the opposite of, yeah, comparing yourself to other people in terms of, oh, they are not the same as me and they have different needs to me right now and I have an awareness of that which helps me to build better relationships and and that you as the adult are, are furthering that understanding and looking after everybody, like...
1: Ah, oh. so that's really interesting, so what you're saying is in this book, they're talking about piecing together sides of a story,
0: yeah, it's a really brief bit of the story of the book to be honest it's um. So she's describing friendships and going, it'll be really difficult for them to figuratively step back and identify patterns in their friendships, good or bad, and they need help with this. But the best way for you to do this is not to jump in and tell them how it is, but rather hold back and gently wonder with them about certain patterns and themes you've observed. For example, David was late today and you were waiting for him. I wonder how that made you feel. I wonder if you often feel like that. If your child dismisses this and says everything was fine and they didn't mind, leave that alone. They will think about it themselves and a new awareness will be created so they can draw their own conclusions. Maybe the answer is not what you think maybe your child is fine with david being late because they know that david has a sibling with special needs who spends a lot of his parents who needs a lot of his parents time and he often has to wait for them to be ready to take him somewhere but by introducing a reflexive question you are modeling that they can reflect on how things and experiences make them feel does that make sense so it's um I think so. By middle childhood, your child is showing that they are able to consider multiple perspectives at once. However, they will still struggle to hold two conflicting perspectives in mind at the same time. They will be aware of their own thoughts and feelings and of their friends' thoughts and feelings, but they will not hold that dual awareness at the same time.
1: Yes, that does make sense. And I guess that is one of the things that, working with the age groups that we're working with, that is challenging moving from that like we were just talking about that egocentric the world revolves around me if i've wished bad things upon people that must be why bad things have happened to theory of mind to understanding different responses to understanding you know unseen things that may or may not be happening holding information in your head for a long time mm-hmm. um that you know we're bridging that understanding gap and that is That is hard.
0: Yeah. And she's talking about like watching your child form friendships with, you know, she gives an example of someone being invited for a play date and the child turns up and you as a parent with your own set of expectations and probably prejudices or whatever go, really? Like that person, are you sure? (laughs) This person seems very different to you and I don't think you're going to get on. Um, but that you just zip it. Like you have to show your child that you trust them with their own choices and not get involved. And But it also gives advice about how to spot when a friendship is beginning to have a negative impact on your uh-huh. child. Um, Primarily from the side of your child being at the brunt of, I mean, potentially the victim of some harmful kind of behaviour um, and helping them to recognise that that friend isn't healthy for them right now. So she does kind of give that advice which i still think is interesting as a kind of childcare provider to have this awareness of friendships and to like we talk about it all the time don't we in terms of we in our reflections we'll talk about the interactions we've witnessed between people and the patterns that we might see going on
1: in the circle (laughs) you're not good for you are you and you shouldn't play with them because you yeah
0: but um yeah in terms of being aware of of when to step in, I guess, and when to go, is this something that they genuinely can work out themselves? And like that example, actually, I thought they would mind because that would really upset me if somebody kept doing that to me. Mm. Or do they genuinely have an understanding?
1: I suppose that's where we're in a slightly different position as a provider, as a, as a um, you know, doing it professionally. Mm. And similarly, like... Again, if I'm thinking about taking these books and going, can I map them mm-hmm. onto Forest School one-to-one? No. In this scenario, one of the things that, I don't know, I've not read this book, but mm-hmm. one of the things that is difficult is you can choose who you invite around your house. You can reflect on, like, do you want to meet up with that person at the weekend? Mm-hmm. If you're in a... Whatever the education... It doesn't have to be in school. It can be a home-ed group. It can be as a you know after school after school club or anything like that we go you're not in control of who comes and doesn't come no and so then you're in this really interesting position We go okay you can't just like as an adult we were saying I can't remember which podcast it was now we we're talking about like when you know that children will be much more happy happy when they're an adult because they can just go, I don't want to see that person, yeah. so I'm not going to see that person. Yeah, And, like, yeah, in this scenario where you're, like, you might be able to have that conversation and reflect and go, that's not great, you know, even if you both achieve that. Or not achieve, if you arrive at that understanding. But yeah, you
0: know, but there are always times where in any setting with other kids where they can choose to spend more time in closer proximity or more connected to a certain person. And similarly, as adults, there are definitely times where we have to be in close proximity to people that we would really rather avoid, whether that's like, you know, in-laws, friends, partners, all these kind of, or people who also go to a thing that you enjoy doing, you know. So, yeah, we do have choice, but there are still times where... We don't. We don't. Yeah. Um.
1: With your book I'm gonna... So we both We talked about at the start That these are very like Medium depth books In terms mm-hmm. of Development Theory Understanding um, You've already mentioned That you've got that book Because it will be Actionable Or there's things You want to go back to mm. I wondered Just in the abstract I feel like And I saw this In some reviews Of my book Mm-hmm Um people saying, this is a great book, I have to go back to it every six months to remind myself, the phrasing was, what I should be doing, Mm. so I don't fall into my old habits, Mm -hmm. so I don't do whatever. Um, And I'm just interested in that, that thing of like, where does this book, or where do these books sit, in terms of like, at one end of the spectrum, you might say there's like super didactic books, like this is how you should play with children, you don't need to understand why just know that it's good that you do it like this and at the other end you've probably got something which is more like Alfie Cone, Peter Gray where they're super theory based mm-hmm. but they don't give you as many practical like skills to do mm-hmm. you know they don't give you as many like here's a five minute activity here's yeah here's a ten Do you think this book sits in the middle? And and do you, or what are the pros and cons of it being in the middle?
0: I think it's, um, I think it's in the middle. And I think that there's a lot to be said for that in terms of it being not too, like, oh my God, my brain is exploding with the idea of this theory of childhood or human development. It's just like, here's a general... Yeah, here's a general pattern of how children develop at this stage. Mm -hmm. What it doesn't do is therefore go into any kind of stuff about neurodivergence. That was my beef with it. So it definitely makes generalisations and then also... So kind of uh, problem-solves little issues that might happen, either that Mm. are theoretical or she gives these real examples of families that she's worked with and the way that she writes about them, because this is her job, is always in that problem-solving way of, like... And therefore, you know, this child had this problem. Do this and it won't be a problem anymore. Yeah. And she does say, this is not an overnight fix, of course, this, you know, she's not sick. Like, it's obviously... Oh, no, definitely not. This is
1: somebody that understands the work they're doing. Yeah.
0: Um, And says this might take time. But she doesn't ever go... And maybe you might consider that there's something else going on as well, or... Applications to complete Level 3 Forest School Leader Training here with us at Children of the Forest are now open. Train with me and Lewis at our woodland site in Devon. We'd love to meet you in person. Visit myforestschooltraining.co.uk to find out more.
1: Well, actually, that was one of my stumbling blocks Mm -hmm. when I, and I think I went to, I don't know if I came to you with this one, but um, early on, actually, I mentioned it, they were talking about uh, object permanence in young mm-hmm. children, mm-hmm. and you know that thing of, and, and and being really reassuring and going, this is why your toddler is not okay with just hearing your voice. They have to come to the toilet with you mm-hmm. because they they can't just hear. You know, like mummy's mm-hmm. mummy's just over here. Daddy's mm-hmm. daddy's. I'm here. you here. You can hear mm-hmm. me. They're like not good enough. Can't mm-hmm. see you. Don't know you exist. Mm-hmm. Gone. So that was really yeah. great and all this stuff. Um, but then it was very. Strong Mm -hmm. and said by eighteen months you should have worked up to the point where your your child can then spend a six to eight hour day at nursery or preschool without you. Yeah. And I just took my own experience and went. There was a fucking pandemic. Mm. My eight, my three year old did not have that opportunity. Mm. Look, park Mm. it. They probably wouldn't have had it either because my five year old didn't do any of those things. Mm. But. There was some stuff like that that mm. was quite like, you know, for all the things I've said where it's like, it's very accepting. Do you know what it is? Well, I think. Sorry, let's pause. What? Um, what? Tell me. Mm. It's taken an hour. Um, these books are very non-judgmental towards the parent mm-hmm. and not necessarily so non-judgmental towards the children i would say they're le- maybe less non-judgmental to it or less achievable moving goalposts that kind of thing
0: yeah, so it's it, not about judgment, it's about expectation like the expectations yeah, yeah, yeah. are more rigid, way. maybe.
1: That's, that's a bas- a better way of saying it. Like there's this book my book in particular was super like hey, if you don't like messy play, that's okay. Hey, if you, you know, need to just do two minutes of playing a day, that's fine. Just do what you can. If you need to bribe your kids out of the supermarket sometimes, mm-hmm, that's mm-hmm. absolutely fine. Your kids should be able to leave you at eighteen months. Your kids should be able to Um, you know have a conversation at three they should be able to do this Mm -hmm. like you say in that problem fix way Mm. um, which is probably what the audience is for these books
0: yeah yeah I mean the title alone is indicating that isn't it it's like these are this is 15 minutes yeah
1: and do you think that's something that rubs up against in terms of grinding you know two gears that don't quite mesh together Mm our super inclusive approach to forest school Mm.
2: uh,
1: that I would say I've, I definitely started forest school with this, like, Hey, I can gap fill. Hey, Mm. I can do this thing. Hey, if you come here, your kids will be more resilient. They will be,
2: Mm.
1: you know, better have have nature knowledge. Mm. And I've moved further and further further to where I just want to be like, they'll come here and we'll support them and we'll give them what they need. Mm. and, And that will be okay. And that, that's what's important, mm. not being able to go, great, and now they give up less. Because they might, but they mm. might not, you know, something. Yeah. yeah. It's... Yeah. That's a, That grinds up against the way that our forest school operates. Not all forest schools. Yeah. Because some people do use forest school in that, like, gap fill. Fun, you know, and it can in a, yeah, yeah. it can be used like that yeah. as a tool.
0: I do know what you mean. I think there's enough in this addition anyway that is um helpful in terms of being aware of a general pattern of development which may not apply to every child
2: mm-hmm.
0: but for example she's talking about um how part of being roughly 8 to 12 is about increased independence and challenging authority and challenging what adults say and so, for example, you might be, especially in forest school, you know, our long term stuff is mm-hmm. out the, off the wazoo, isn't it? In terms of like, we've had kids from when they were toddlers to when they're teenagers, potentially. And we're going to be mm. in their lives two days a week for that mm. huge stretch of time. So we might notice something that is new in our relationship with that child or in their behavior with other children and go like, I, you know, always being curious and always reflective and going, Hmm, something's up with so-and-so because they're really, you know, mm. they really challenged me on that thing. And I was, have I said something? Have I done something? Is something going on? Whereas actually just to be reminded, this is a perfectly natural part of child development at this age. Yeah, You know, I think that those positive bits of information in the book are more helpful than... The and now your child should be able to do this and this is a problem that yeah. you can fix with this because I can take that with a pinch of salt because that's in so much of the rest of the world, yeah. isn't it? Um, that we already go, don't believe in that. No, nope, no, thank you, get out the bin. Um, la, 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 yeah, exactly. Um, I think you'll find it's not actually that and if you want to sit still for 20 minutes, I wish out in your face. That' <laughs> why it isn't. Um, yeah.
1: So I'm going to go out on a limb. We've sometimes talked about when we've done parenting books, child development books, whether they are like newly qualified for a school leader, been doing it for a while, mm-hmm. or deep into your pedagogy, mm-hmm. you know, explore this one. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna put this one slap bang in the newly qualified slash might be doing your training. Mm. I think I could put this as an early thing. There's nothing too confrontational in it. I don't think it necessarily... Because this book is talking about parenting, it sort of sidesteps that issue of being like, and schooling should look like this, mm-hmm. right? They're not in any way saying this mm. in the books, which is a nice little step around to, to bring that in and then go, hey. Mm. So, so I would put it there, would you?
0: Um, yes, I think I'd probably agree. There's a really... The chapter on risk is very appropriate for Mm -hmm. newly qualified forest school leaders or people who are thinking of doing it, maybe. Um, So she... Especially people who might be a bit sensitive around risk. Mm -hmm. It's very well written. So she's talking about how, you know, protecting our children is one of our most basic instincts as a parent. If we constantly jump in to rescue them, to do everything for them, how will they ever learn to manage challenges that come their way? Um, And then she pictures a scene of being in a child-friendly swimming pool and your child is sitting on the side of the pool and refuses to get into the water and is looking to you um, to help them get in, is saying, I can't get in, I'm scared. Lift me in. Come get me. You stay where you are and you don't move. And you smile and wave them in towards you. They shake their head. You say, come on in. You can do this. Just sit down at the edge and slide yourself in. I'm right here. They shake their head. Their lips start to tremble. Their eyes fill with tears. Please come and get me. It's quite extreme. So she's saying, picture this is happening. And what is your emotional response? Um, Swim away. (laughs) you know and then you reassure them again you say that and then two whole minutes pass that's 120 seconds all you do is stay look at them smile regardless of what your child is saying now then your child sits at the edge of the pool slides in and walks over to where you are still standing i did it they beam. so she's like just reflect on this scenario how do you personally respond to it so that's quite interesting and then she also gives you a risk questionnaire and i was going to ask you wasn't there like some kind of audit in yours about yeah, something Yeah, parenting
1: audit talking about your own childhood got okay. quite deep at one point um at one yeah. point i was looking at it going this would be a really interesting like level three thing to bring in to go like yeah. hey why don't you do an audit of your own play experiences yeah. and then it got quite like you know, were you ever... But it almost went into, like, aces.
0: Oh, right. And I was just like, right no. i
1: don't want to do this. I it? think
0: right. this risk audit... Um some of it, yeah, is too personal, and you wouldn't put it in a level three but there's some course. Nuggets that we can there buy. are, like, you know, there's some interesting questions. Like, do you feel strongly motivated by money? Um, is it difficult for you to send a meal back or make a complaint in a restaurant if you think something is against the rules? Would it stop you doing it? So it's not all about like physical mm, risk. Yeah. Um, does alcohol feature strongly in your social life? Like you wouldn't be, you wouldn't be asking those. You know. Um, what else? As a child, did you enjoy team sports or meeting new people? Have you ever been arrested? How okay. do you uh, feel, behave when attending your child's sports activities? Things like that. So, And she doesn't give any kind of feedback. She's not like, if you oh, answered, if you mostly answered, most, no, most nothing. Yeah. It's just, here's a little, a bit like this situation of describing the swimming pool.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, she's just not engage with it. Yeah. How are you feeling? At what point in the scenario did you feel yourself becoming anxious or irritated? What would you have done differently and why? What might be the benefit of playing it out as above? And um, for those, you know, we know a lot of adults who trained with us who have, you know, attitude i mean everyone if you talk about risk with children it's just such a sensitive subject isn't it and we have had lots and lots of conversations with trainee forest school leaders and parents about how they recognize that their attitude to risk is not necessarily helpful to the children they're either parenting or they're working Mm -hmm. with and they know that it's an area they need to work on and i think this chapter could be quite supportive in working Mm -hmm. through Mm -hmm. some of that so um for example, you know this is the fundamental question, isn't it? How do you know if the risk is reasonable and developmentally matched to your child? Ask yourself each time and answer, what is the worst that could happen here? What is the benefit and potential learning from this risk situation? Which is basically RBAs, that's isn't it? It's RBA, the risk-benefit yeah. analysis that we do all the time. But asking you to do that time and time again with your mm-hmm. kid. And then there's a lot about the benefits of the risk-taking behaviour, which you know we know, and that's maybe yeah. a topic for another... Um, Podcast. But she also talks about games that can support risk taking in a really supported way. Um which, you know, for them and for you. And she talks a lot also about um she's going off the topic slightly, but about collaborative games as opposed to competitive, or you're putting in competition but at the same time as collaboration, which gels Mm -hmm. quite well with the kind of style that we might do at Forest Mm -hmm. School. Um, in terms of it's not you versus you, like we're a team and together we're kind of trying to do yeah. this thing Are and there's another. Out, you just move yeah. to a different team. All of those things. Yeah. You can
1: be unstuck by your. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah.
1: I enjoyed reading them. I think I will be getting physical copies of them mm-hmm. to, to offer to level 3s and also to offer to like my parents and mm. like my partner and things. Yes. Um, can we do? People might not know. Um, we do a, a sneaky second podcast For people that are patrons. Mm. Do you want to do knots? Oh we yeah We talk about knot work Sure It's like the second This is a We do like a little podcast afterwards Like proper practical activities Advice mm. Stuff like that That is on the Patreon feed um,
0: And we kind of came up with this idea Because we, we get a lot of messages from people And often they are asking quite like Practical questions yeah, Aren't yeah. they the things And then you think I The can main it...
1: pod is so waffly Yeah and yeah. lovely because it's waffly. Yeah. But sometimes people want a like a little dictionary to flick through, not dictionary, yeah. a Rolodex of like, how yeah. do I do knots? How do I do? Um, so we've already done yeah. some little bits of like tinkering and some. Um, shelters. How to, you know, different shelters you can build. And I'd like to do knot work mm. with children now.
0: And by the by, if people would like that little extra Patreon only podcast, have a specific focus, do feel free to message us in and say, you know, because mm. um, we have got a bit of a, not backlog but library of questions that we've already been asked that we can address but if there's something that you're burning to
1: yeah.
0: ask and would like to practical do How did you do a
1: pokemon with... battle in the
0: woods?
1: <laughs> How do you even do that guys? Oh, we'll tell you.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um,
1: yeah. Cool. Nice. Bit. Bye.